This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. This next segment might make your tummy take a turn. There's a new documentary on Netflix that is asking the question, do you know if what you're eating is safe? Here's a clip from the trailer from Poisoned, the dirty truth about your food. In a grocery store. Cut fruit, cut cantaloupe, strawberries, caramel apples, tomatoes, onions, chicken. All these products are likely contaminated. It is a very scary situation where you have a perfectly healthy 17-year-old female. And 48 hours later, she's dying. Photos show chunks of her hair missing. It was an absolute nightmare. It was definitely from E. coli. If I buy chicken at the grocery store, should I assume it's safe for me? Your primary assumption should be that it contains pathogens such as salmonella and campylobacter. A chef hones a pair of knives. There are 15 federal agencies that in one form or another are tasked with food safety regulation. Food companies hate regulation. They don't think of it as food. It becomes a commodity. Profit is more important than ethics. Amy Amanti is an entertainment critic hanging out there in Vancouver and has a review of Poisoned. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Dave. Amy, are you uh, hungry yet? I'm always hungry. I'm, perpet <laughs> I'm perpetually trying to fill the void of happiness in my life uh, with food. And I make some <laughs> terrible food choices, but I know they're terrible food choices. Why do you make the choice to hit play on Poisoned? You know, I don't think that I knew what Poisoned was when I hit play on it. I thought the title was kind of evocative. Um, I don't, I'm not one of those people that spends a lot of time researching stuff before I hit play or watching trailers necessarily before I hit play. And so sometimes I just go, hey, that's a cool title. I wonder what that's about. And I hit play. So I thought the title was evocative. And, uh, and then when I watched the trailer, I thought, oh man, should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? And I thought, okay. I guess I better learn something. So, but I will say, Dave, because I'm the kind of person too that, you know, occasionally puts something in the microwave that comes in a box. Um, and I will say that, you know, as much as we talk about eating healthy, uh, sometimes it's safer to put something in a microwave that comes out of a box. Um, and, you know, it's counterintuitive to everything we've learned about, you know, eating healthy. Right, there's so much chatter online about processed food versus fresh food, but so yeah. much of what was being shown in that trailer was the fresh food at the grocery store, yeah. the whole foods at the grocery store, and not the boxed, processed, uh, right. canned, etc. So, Amy, th there's some history here yeah. that, I, that I imagine you took away. When did Americans change the way they looked at food contamination? You know, this started, um, this actually started with uh, a, a story from the 90s, and you may remember this, when there were some children that died from eating contaminated beef from Jack in the Box. Do you remember this, Dave? I do not remember I, this. You do not remember this. Kate. Okay, well, you and I are about the same age. I remember this. I was in elementary school. We might have been about 8, 9, 10 years old. And I remember hearing that some kids had died from, from eating Jack in the Box, and I was terrified because I thought, Oh my gosh, what happens if I eat a fast food burger? And then I was like, phew, we don't have Jack in the Box in Canada. So it won't, it couldn't happen to me because I thought it was, you know, at that age, it was just a Jack in the Box thing. Not, of course, realizing that it was a beef thing, right? Um, and this was because what was happening was that there was um, E. coli found in beef. 
Uh, that was because of the way that cattle was being raised and E. coli was essentially coming from uh, the fecal matter that was, uh, you know, being uh, uh, the way that cows were raised on farms and the contamination of, of fecal matter in the farming process that gets into uh, the slaughterhouses and then into the manufacture of ground beef. And like, without getting too grotesque about it, you know, when you get a steak, you know, that's one cow. When you get ground beef, that could be hundreds of cows in your ground beef, right? Mm -hmm. So they couldn't trace that back to one particular animal or one particular farm. And so they had to re, not reinvent, but kind of reinvent how they uh, manufactured beef. Uh, and so that process, so now instead of there being, you know, almost a hundred percent possibility of there being E. coli in beef, there's now like a 2% possibility of there being E. coli in your ground beef. So that process is uh, over the, over these years has totally, totally changed. Right. And, you know, when you look at the statistics from that particular class action suit from those deaths, you would see that Jack in the box was ignoring all of the case studies, which essentially said that you had to cook ground beef to a specific temperature in order to kill E. coli, right? right? And so then they were blaming it like on housewives that were like, well, you know, bad mothers didn't know how to cook beef. And this was like legislated almost that women who were bad housewives because they weren't cooking beef, you know? And so, you know, people were dying in homes because, you know, how dare women not know how to cook beef to like 160 degrees, right? All of these things. And that Jack and Box was specifically ignoring these protocols and all. And it was like, it was documented and people were saying, oh no, we don't need to, we can ignore all of this. Anyways, all after all of that had changed, you would think that it would trickle over into the poultry uh, farming industry, and it has not to this day. And so we are at risk of salmonella contamination for all of the same reasons within poultry. So this is still, and this is because you know chickens are in really small pens, uh, often stacked. You know, think about it, like a hundred deep, hundred wide. And, you know, they have to go to the bathroom and they're going to the bathroom on top of each other. And so how can a chicken remain clean in those environments? Uh, and that can get into the eggs and it can get into the meat of the chicken. And so when it's processed and in the in, in through the manufacturing process, it can be contaminated. So you have to make sure that you cook your chicken properly. Um, and so some of the tips in this uh documentary are really great in terms of like how you make sure you cook things how you make sure you don't contaminate uh parts of your counter like using the knife to cook your chicken shouldn't be the same knife you cook to cut your vegetables and uh, yes and all of those correct. things which right and so um you know I, I know some people who don't care about that stuff like hey this is so funny Dave. my own grandmother when she was teaching me to make sausages when she would come to my house and teach me how to make sausages like they did on the farm years ago. She would taste the ground beef before it was even cooked. She'd just stick her hand in the, in the cold ground beef to taste it for salt and pepper. And I'd be like, ew, you can't oh do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. You know, right? And I'd be like, no, you can't do that, right? So there's a difference. But here, like, here's the thing that I just want to emphasize. So, okay, we know how to cook ground beef. We know how to cook chicken in hopes of killing off this bacteria. But if you have cattle farms, chicken farms that are using the same water at, that's watering the fields of your leafy vegetables. This is how we get the E. coli and the salmonella that has been found on lettuce and spinach. And those things we can't, we don't cook necessarily. Uh, yes. That is what, yeah. that uh, is like what they were talking about. This young woman who died from eating a salad. 
Okay, Amy, I, honestly, I'm, I'm a little lost here because you, you, yeah, okay. you just shot a ton of information at me. I know, I know. It's scary stuff. Okay. Well, well, this is why it's really important when we're doing documentaries. Yeah. Like, what, what is what is the documentary arguing precisely about contamination? Because you just talked about preparation at home yeah. versus, like, industrial farming. The, the, yeah. the preview was all set in the grocery store. So, like, yeah. what exactly is Poisoned arguing here? I mean, I think okay, it's a so little bit in the name, but what are they actually arguing? Poisoned is arguing that there are so many different uh, regulatory bodies, uh, more than five, that regulate uh, regulate or don't regulate, depending on which body it is, how food is uh, grown or manufactured or distributed by the time it gets to our grocery stores. So in some cases, there are no regulations, like for example, manufacturing uh, or growing vegetables. Some of those, depending on the vegetable, have no regulations whatsoever. And so it's like the Wild West. And so if you are, for example, in the leafy green uh, manufacturing or growth uh, industry, uh, they're creating their own sort of uh, uh, regulations, which are not government sanctioned. Nobody's controlling these or sanctioning these or um, uh, enforcing these or anything. And they are often using the same water that comes from uh, how they are, how farmers who are raising cattle so the runoff of that water that is contaminated with fecal matter from cows is being used to water lettuce, spinach, right. kale, okay. those kinds of things. So if you've got five bodies that are governing or not governing these processes, there's a lot of stuff that falls through the cracks. And none of these bodies talk to each other. These bodies include how stuff is um, cooked or processed in a restaurant. And so nobody takes accountability when something goes wrong. Therefore, change doesn't happen very fast. So what, what's your takeaway from, from watching this documentary and learning about perhaps some of those failures of regulation and inspection? And by the way, you don't need to look that far, right? Like yeah. just a couple hours away from you in Calgary, Alberta, there are kids who uh, ended up like suffering serious uh, consequences from an E. coli outbreak because of tainted Absolutely. meat in daycares. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the takeaway is, is certainly if you are somebody who eats meat, you must, must, must know how to cook it. Um, you know, one of the interesting things, and like I, I eat meat, and this seems like a, a thing that uh, is logical, but I, I had never connected the dots. Like when you cook a steak, the E. coli is on the outside of the meat. So we sear the outside. This is why you can have a steak that's raw on the inside, right? You sear the outside of your meat, and that kills the, the, the bacteria. But if you have ground beef, there's no searing the outside, so it has to be cooked through. So anytime you have meat, you have to know how to cook it properly. Chicken has, can't be seared on the outside, it has to be cooked through, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to know, depending on what kind of meat you're eating, how to cook it properly and what temperature it needs to reach in order to be cooked properly. When we, you know, going through Thanksgiving, if people had to cook a turkey, you know that you have to, you know, poultry has to hit like at least, what, 165 on the, uh, you know, internally. So, you know, maybe you need to have a, a talking thermometer to make sure that you're killing your E. coli. When it comes to our vegetables, you have to know how to clean those properly. When it comes to things in our grocery stores, oftentimes we take for granted that those are already cleaned and we don't like wash our tomatoes. <laughs> they are not, whatever. they are not already cleaned. They are not. Or that like when we buy the bagged lettuce, so they tell you like, don't buy your lettuce pre-chopped. If you're gonna buy lettuce, buy it in the leaf. So you wash your leaves, right? If it's pre-chopped, 
you don't you're not going to wash that necessarily but the things where there are the most dangerous are things like the the pre-cut cantaloupes and the pre-cut um uh pineapples right and i'm guilty of this too the pre-cut apples because they're not being washed anywhere and they could be grown with the runoff of water that's been used on farms that have been contaminated by cattle or poultry and especially cantaloupe because you can't wash the outside of a cantaloupe because of its divots because of its texture of its skin skin you actually cannot wash e coli off of that so you have to you know if you're going to cut open a cantaloupe and eat a cantaloupe you have to be able to cut it properly without contaminating the inside so there's a lot of things to think about and if you don't know how to properly prep these things you're you're at risk right so i mean that's the thing same thing with a kiwi how do you wash a kiwi properly I, I don't know how to wash kiwi All right, properly. And I love kiwi and I love cantaloupe. So the next time I, I, I eat these things, I think to myself, am I washing this properly? Do I know how to wash this properly? Chances are I don't. Uh, Amy, just quickly here, because we're, yeah. we're running out of time. How is the audio description on this one? Because a film like this, I imagine, could get maybe a little bit gross, but the AD is pretty specific and important. Yeah, I mean, this one, uh, there was a lot of... Um, specific stuff that was spoken about. So the AD, while important, was actually uh, supplementary and, and, and all of the content really was important from the subject matter in general. So the AD really just filled in the blanks of who was speaking and, and you know, their, um, you know, why it was important to hear what they were talking about. Um, so it didn't necessarily need to, to fill in too many blanks other than uh, to talk about the menu, like the, 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 the visuals of the manufacturing process. And that was really interesting, you know, where your beef is when and, and, and all of those pieces, which is really interesting. So again, you could turn some people into vegetarians by uh, understanding how meat goes through a, a I mean, or, or not, because if your vegetables are contaminated too, that's, that's not gonna help, that's not gonna help too much either. Uh, we're just gonna eat nothing but seeds. Amy, thank well, you for this. Well, this like, comes out of a box, you know, yeah. you already know. Oh my gosh. That is <laughs> right. entertainment critic Amy Amanti in Vancouver, British Columbia. You can find Poisoned, The Dirty Truth About Your Food on Netflix. In 60 seconds, Taylor Swift blew up the box office this weekend. Alex Smythe will crunch the numbers in his entertainment report. But first, a NASA spacecraft is headed to a metal-rich asteroid. Ed Donahue explains in Tech Trends. Engine ignition. The spacecraft is called Psyche. And liftoff. Liftoff of Falcon Heavy and Psyche. It's the start of a six-year mission to reach the asteroid called Psyche. Principal investigator Lindy Elkins-Tantum believes it may be the battered remains of an early planet's core. We don't know a lot about our core. What we've learned about it, we learn indirectly because we can't go there. And so Psyche gives us the opportunity to visit a core. Astronomers know from radar and other observations the asteroid is big. To us, it's a speck of light in the night sky. The asteroid is two billion miles away. I'm Ed Donahue. Thank you very much, Ed. Alex Smythe, Taylor Swift had a big weekend at the box office. Yeah, Dave, uh, the Eras concert video, uh, film video, however you want to describe it, its opening weekend garnered $129 million globally. Uh, that's now the highest grossing for any concert film opening of all time. And it's also the sixth highest domestic opening e weekend in the U.S. this year. So needless to say, Dave, uh, the concert films of years past that you and I would have grown up with, 
it, they've evolved over the year. How how do you think the evolution and and what's your how do you kind of think about the change that has undergone concert films from back in the day where you go and get a DVD or a video from you know the Best Buy or something like that and you're watching after the fact and now they're doing full wide releases in theaters. I think uh, it's a testament to the improvements of technology. I think uh, it's become much easier to record these things, both in terms of a video quality, probably in 4K, maybe even 8K, as well as capturing the sound at a higher resolution and higher caliber. So the distribution and quality of the experience at the theater might even be better than the in-stadium experience or in-arena experience. Uh, there's a possibility the quality might be even higher uh, based on that, and that is just an evolution of technology, which I just don't think was available to musicians and artists uh, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Alex, I'll say this, though. I think this debut number at the box office is actually a little bit disappointing. Considering the Taylor Swift mania that's been going on the better part of uh, this last year, and with the Eras Tour, you know, tickets selling for $1,000, the fact that it was only the sixth biggest domestic debut of the year in the U.S. actually strikes me as a little bit disappointing. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I wonder if um, maybe theaters under kind of estimated just how wide of a release they could have uh, given this uh, concert film. I, I'm sure the I'm sure this is going to at least reach a billion dollars. I, I have no doubts that this is going to be one of the highest grossing films of the year, Dave, uh, just based on all that popularity around Taylor Swift. So uh, I, I'm sure that you may think it's a low on uh, for the opening. There's going to be more money coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I don't doubt that. That's Alex Smythe with the Entertainment Report coming up after the break. A town in the Northwest Territories is trying to rebuild after wildfires destroyed everything. I'll have that story in the regional news update. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.